Now that we've shut down the Patreon and we're no longer putting out new episodes over there, we wanted to put some of the old episodes out here on the free feed. But due to how old some of them are, we wanted to provide a little bit of context before each episode. So this episode is one of our most popular Patreon episodes. It was recorded on April 2nd, 2021. It's titled Birds of Australia and Suppliers. You'll get that reference when the show starts. And basically, we broke this out already once in the podcast. Episode 20, 21, and 22 broke this out into three parts. And those ended up being some of our most popular episodes. So we're bringing it back here in one piece, all about talking to suppliers. Uh, some of the feedback that we got on this episode is literally from Patrick James, probably the most valuable podcast i have ever listened to and i've been listening to podcasts every other day for years now guys thanks so much so i think you'll enjoy this one if you have thoughts around suppliers uh you're going to enjoy this episode and then real quick you have nine days left if you're ready to get in the course if you've been kicking the can down the road nine days left to go where you're going to get this price you will never see again i can promise you that dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash black friday where you can get the launch pad or you can get the full course uh at dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash join get a free trial of the elite membership get a free superstore theme uh that is the best deal you're going to find our prices are going to go way up in the new year take advantage of these offers while you have the opportunity dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash black friday and dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash join both of those will be in the show notes enjoy this old patreon fan favorite episode titled birds of australia and suppliers what the hell is that it's a bird that was a bird you have those over there right yeah but ours don't sound as funny as yours Mate, we got all sorts of different birds, man. And they all sound different, <laughs> amazingly. They don't all sound the same. Oh. Well, welcome back. That sounds like a great cold open. We should just start right there with uh, the weird bird sound. Uh, birds of Australia. Yep. got some good feedback on episode one so thank you to everyone that reached out or commented or laughed at my dreadlock photo or any of the above that was uh i'm still waiting on yours buddy did yeah you, ever, you see you what you one? see what i did there you see what i did there i tricked you into posting yourself <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm kidding my uh my dreadlock photo is uh it's it's only a physical one and i'm i'm still trying to find it it exists i know it exists i saw it a couple of years ago so it'll it'll come let's get your wife in here she knows what patience it is. everyone oh, my, my wife just woke up she, she'd uh slap you silly over the internet if you tried to get her in if here. i had to wake up to those kids sounds <laughs> in the background i'd slap you silly too man jesus i don't know if the listeners can hear that but holy cow it's seven in the morning uh, over there John's 18 kids are going crazy <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah so great anyway great feedback i've got some notifications in here uh quite a few of you guys reached out and said some stuff roman uh darren uh randy and i spoke to randy personally alex uh thank you guys for all the comments make sure you're in the facebook group if you're not uh facebook.com slash group slash dropship podcast uh you guys can put questions in there you can respond to everything in there or you can respond to patreon wherever you want to respond uh works for us and thank you we might do a q a episode possibly next week um yeah. so start dropping some questions that you guys would like answered and um, we'll get to the ones that you guys put in there originally as well. And yeah, thanks. Thanks for the feedback, man. I'm just, I'm happy to be doing this. I'm glad that people are liking it. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. Awesome. Very grateful to everybody who listened into the first episode already uh, where we, yeah, we're talking about niches, 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 how to pick the right 
the right market, the who, all that sort of stuff. And so I guess carrying on from there, you know, we tick off, tick off all those boxes, find ourselves, find ourselves the perfect thing to perfect space to occupy online. Um, next step we want to do is start, uh, start preparing things to, to contact those suppliers and get approval. So I guess kind of the first step there or the next thing I'm doing is, is building out a, doing a bit of research and, you know, finding the, the, the likely suppliers that I can work with in, in whatever my market or niche is that I've selected. So John's really calm right now, but I want you to know before I hit record, we were arguing over this part because I, I legitimately came up with the bronze, silver, gold aspect. If you're in dropship lifestyle, you may have heard it used over there. Um, I, I, I made that up. I'm going to stand hard on that one. Cause I'm kind of mad. He stole it from me. Um, but <laughs> I made it up and up. then, and then you were like, uh, that's really dumb, mate. Like I don't use that. And I was like, we have to save this for the show. Uh, cause I do use it and I wouldn't want to call, you know, the, the gold out of the gate. So I, I'm genuinely curious, how do you build your list? And like, how do you decipher who you should call, who you should not call, who is, you know, quote unquote, drop shippable, who is not. Yeah, cool. Well, I mean, the first part of that, how do you build your li your list? I mean, that's just a, a simple process of research. You know, I'll go on to, you know, any any compete future competitors' websites that I can see. You know, whether whether they're drop shippers or not drop shippers, I don't do this thing where I've got to go and find a drop shipping sites in my market and research the shit out of them. I'll just go onto any competing site that I can find that's a reseller, as in they're not just selling their own product, right? And yeah, I'll just dig through their website, see what I can find out about the products they're selling, what, what brands they're selling. I'll put them into a spreadsheet, the names. Um, and then I'll obviously, you know, jump onto Google and start looking for the websites for those brands that I'm finding and seeing if I can find a website, like their own website where I can get their contact details, um, you know, phone number, email, see if they've got an online application of some description or some other process that they have for new new dealers a lot of suppliers will have that they'll have a, a set process they want you to follow um <clears throat> so i'll do that research and then i won't stop at just looking at the competing sites i'll then also go onto google and do uh searches around you know whatever, whatever the product types are that i want to sell i'll do like product type keyword plus supplier importer distributor manufacturer and just see, trawl through some pages of Google results to see if I turn up any other uh, companies that look like they've got a product that might fit the space and they're going to go onto the list as, as well. Sometimes that just turns up a lot of the same names you already have, but it doesn't hurt to go a little bit deeper than just what you see on competing sites. Um, and that's usually in the beginning, like if I'm launching a brand new business, that's usually going to give me enough to go on. Now, on a a business that's a bit more down the track, I might go a bit deeper than that and start looking offline as well for products that are sold offline that I'm not seeing online. Um, but that's that's a bit more advanced. You don't really need to do that sort of stuff in the beginning. So that's really how I build my list. Do you so do anything every, different? Every course I've seen says, uh, go find other people selling these products and then go like into their contact us page or their about us page, find their address, uh, Google it, uh, and, and if they have like an actual location, if it's a big warehouse, um, they aren't drop shippers and you shouldn't avoid all of the brands there. Uh, you should look for the ones that like when you Google it, uh, it shows up a UPS store, right? Uh, or, or someone's house. 
Uh, and then you know those people are likely drop shipping, and only those brands are the ones that you should deal with. I, I'm assuming I know I don't agree with that. I'm assuming you don't either. No, hell no, I don't agree with that. I mean, the reason why other courses say that is because that's the simplest route to take, right? And this is one of my problems with other drop shipping programs out there is they all take the simplest, the, sorry, the easiest route. We talked about the difference between simple and easy. The other in, in the last episode, right? They all teach the easiest route. So yes, in a lot of cases, it is easier to just try and identify suppliers that you have a reasonable assumption are already drop shipping. But guess what that means? You're only going to be selling brands that every other drop ship is selling straight out of the gate, right? Um, and it, it's just based on a failed assumption that because a brand or a manufacturer or whatever has said no to another drop shipper that they're also going to say no to you. And that like, that's just not the case. And I could prove that countless times. I mean, I've got a team of people that make supply calls all day. We've called, I don't know, in the last six months, probably in excess of 200 suppliers. Right. And we're getting yeses from people who are not on other drop shipping sites. We're getting yeses in markets where there is no high ticket drop shipping in existence right now we're putting in the first sites in that market still because when you look at it right on that on that basis that you only call people that you see on other drop shipping uh websites there's still markets out there in the u.s that have no drop, high ticket drop shippers in them because when you go and do the research you don't see any high ticket drop shippers there and so people go oh well i can't do that it doesn't work bullshit i'll call bullshit on that right now you have the right conversation with the suppliers. Particularly these days, we've just come off 2020 being a record year for e-commerce. Every brand and manufacturer knows that, right? And they're starting to want to get in on the action. The ones who weren't previously, they've seen this. They've gone, oh shit, COVID, a bunch of our retail stores that we were selling through are closed now, gone out of business, gone broke. We're missing out by not being online. Like we, we, we've opened up suppliers that had just internally changed their policies about online in the last six months that nobody else is selling. I, right, I think so if you, you really try to sit and think about it too, I know it, I'm just going to only speak from my own experience. When I was starting, I had all these companies I was going to call were like up on pedestals, right? Like that I, me as, as little old Ben, um just starting out there's no way they were going to give me the time of day and, and it took me years to get over this with like gurus as well um it's just people there's just people on the other side of that right so you know i, I know we're on podcast but behind me is like all my pet supplements that i carry for a brand i carry um i'm not necessarily looking for someone to sell my stuff but i'd be thrilled if the right people reached out to want to sell my stuff right and so there's people behind all of these brands as well and like we've said in other episodes they're manufacturers. They're not like e-commerce gurus. And so no matter who they are, I'm going to tell you this right now. I think every single brand dropships, all of them, uh, it doesn't matter who they are. And so uh, I, I, I vehemently also disagree with what you said there, John, like the, that only finding other dropshipping websites and copying them is like the easiest path you could do. And it's the laziest path that you could do. Yeah. Yeah. Laziest. That's right. I mean, yeah, that's very it. American. Uh, I Oh, <laughs> hey, you said it. I didn't do it. <laughs> you called me fat before the call. What the... Uh, where's the... There's, no, there's, no, there's no evidence of that. There's no evidence of that. We weren't recording, mate. You fat American. I, I'm not like that. I didn't say that. You keep saying it. You're, you keep repeating it, dude. Jeez. Way to get down on yourself. Um, 
<laughs> I think you're a beautiful human being, Ben. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, lazy. Lazy's right. I mean, look, it's it certainly can be part of your research, but you, you need to go further afield than that, right? You can't just stop with those, um, with with just looking at other dropshipping sites. Um, <clears throat> you, you've got to, you want to really you know, get down to the bottom of that well of potential supplies and put everybody on your list, right? Everybody that you can find. Don't second guess what they may or may not say before you've even done anything, right? I mean, you should never make assumptions about what somebody else is going to do. Um, I think that's, you know, that that's a mistake a lot of people make, uh, particularly when you're new and you don't even know what you're talking about. Like if you're just getting into this for the first time, this is your first going to be your first time calling supplies, don't assume what people are going to say, right? Um, I think that automatically puts you on sort of on the back foot. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's right. What you said is true. The mindset around what, you know, what suppliers are going to say and that sort of thing. I think that's a big part of when you do get to making the calls, you know, how you go with that. Uh, a lot of people, I think, get into it thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to these suppliers and, and, and I'm kind of begging I'm begging for them to give me their approval. They're doing me a massive favor by saying yes. You know, like people think there's like some sort of massive power imbalance there, but I think that's the wrong way to look at it. Like, as you said, it's, it's another person on the end. They're looking to make something of what they're doing. You're looking to make something of what you're doing. So you've actually got a mutual interest there. You've got a shared interest. Um, and uh, usually when two people with a shared interest come together and it's communicated properly, then more, more times than not, they're going to work together, right? So my you little I mean? my little gold, silver, and bronze thing was to help get over the the limiting beliefs or the mental BS that gets in the way of calling suppliers. And so before I even explain why I did that, I want you to tell me why it doesn't work. Because you were before the call, you were like, "I don't do that. I don't like that." So tell me why. Uh, I'm not look. I'm not. Like I'm not saying them into tears. Yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't work. I mean, sure, you can call people in whatever order you want. I'm just saying it's not necessary. I don't think it's necessary. All right, all let right. me explain the why, and then hopefully you can be like, well, all right, at least that makes sense. So to me, there is, there's tears to this thing, right? And so if I use TVs, I would put like Samsung at the top. Again, do not dropship TVs. This is not a good niche, uh, niche market, whatever you want to call it. But like if you were talking TVs, Samsung would be at the top of the list. Uh, maybe Vizio's in the middle. They might be creeping up there now. Uh, and at the bottom might be like Hissens or, or Emerson or, or Westinghouse or something like that, right? And so if we were looking up dropshipping stores, you would probably see that every single store that you found out there carried Westinghouse and Emerson and Hissens, right? And that would clearly tell me those are the easy to get suppliers. And I would put them in that bronze bucket, right? And then I might see that only some of the stores have Vizio, and then I might see, and they're, they're going to go in the silver, and then I might see, you know, only a few stores, only the really big, appearing to be really big stores have Samsung. And so I would put them at the top tier. And the reason I do so is if I'm just starting this, or in my case, I, excuse me, I haven't called suppliers in years, and I just started a, a new business a few months back, um, I even had nerves kicking in, right? And so I sure as heck wasn't going to call Samsung as my first call to remember how to ride my bike or especially if this is your first store you're not going to call that big brand out of the gates or you, i don't think you should uh i think you should start with that really small brand in bronze that everybody can get to cut your teeth on what it's like to actually call a supplier because usually all the fear is like as you're staring at your cell phone with the number typed in 
just about ready to hit the call button. You're sitting there, you know, shit. It's kind of like being in third grade and you're going to ask that girl out. It's scary. Uh, and so if you can get over that fear on an easy one that you, you know, might already think is going to say yes. And you can, you know, kind of cut your teeth on that call and get used to the questions they may or may not ask you. Um, that's why I separate those out. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, and, and I get that. And I get some of the, the psychology behind that. I, I think though it introduces a couple of problems from me um, that, that actually in practice I've found like one often those bronze supplies and I'm putting that in inverted commas are, are a harder conversation than the easy, than the big ones. Like are, I've, I've experienced what, that. Hey, what are like, inverted commas? Well, I don't know. Whatever you quotation marks. Sorry. Quotation marks. <laughs> Look, we're not we're not going to argue about my punctuation <laughs> mistakes, Ben. No, go ahead. So uh, often they're, <laughs> they're they're not an easy, necessarily an easy conversation. Like they might be, but they might not be. the the The, re, the reality is is that bronze suppliers are, are are often just some fucking dickhead sitting in a warehouse by himself who's just a prick, right? And you're going to have this fucking conversation that goes round in circles. They're difficult to understand. They don't know what the shit they're talking about. They don't hardly sell anything, and it's not actually going to be an easy conversation. Sometimes you get on with those with the with the with the gold suppliers and they're like straight to business yeah boom okay i understand what you're doing yep yep all you got to do is fill in this form let's knock it out let's go easy conversation it's not necessarily harder frankly most suppliers these days don't even look at your website if i'm honest i mean you've still got to do it but honestly they don't really um because this is we're not coming to any supply with something they haven't heard before yes there's a few that might be just getting into online that this is a new conversation for the majority of them, it's not. And so I, I just don't think the conversation is as hard these days as it might have been seven years ago when we started. This, the second problem I see with labeling suppliers as bronze, silver, and gold, and I'm not saying this is necessarily your interpretation of it or the way you would use it, but the, what I see other people who are getting started in dropshipping who are hearing that from other courses who have picked up on as you claim to be your thing. And uh, who knows about the validity of that claim, but uh, you know, is that they put supplies into buckets and they assume the ones that they've labeled bronze are therefore no good. Right. And so I see people, they're posting in Facebook. Oh, I've only got five bronze suppliers. Am I doing something wrong? And, and it's like, what, like, how do you know they're not good supplies when you haven't even sold them yet? Like, honestly, like, yeah, they say gold suppliers have matte pricing and blah, blah, blah. That doesn't mean they're better to work with or they've got better margins. It actually doesn't. The whole map, non-map thing is a lie as well. I sell in a country where there is no map on anything. It doesn't exist. It's illegal. It's not a problem. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. Signed up a supplier the other day. No map, 40% margins. Like, it's just, I hate labeling things and saying that, oh, I'm going to, invent something that some other dude told me I should do when I haven't even worked with any of these people. It's like me looking at you and going, all right, you're a dickhead looking at another guy and saying, Oh, you're a nice person when we've never even spoke before. I just think it sets you up. I think it mentally, it sets you up in the wrong way. You're particularly when it's the case that people are doing it because they heard somebody else say you should do it. And they don't actually understand why they're doing it. Right. And then they go, oh, well, there's actually buckets. Some supplies are good. Some are bad. That's true. Some supplies are good and some are not so good to work with. But you don't know that until you actually work with them. Right. 
What if somebody's got 15% margins and you sell a thousand of their products a month? Somebody else might have 50% margins, but you only sell two of their products a month. Which one's better? It's not the one with 50% margins on the numbers, on the revenue you're going to make. So that's why I don't like it. I, I, I just don't think you should come at things with categories and preconceived notions because that's what fucks you up. And, and, and if you think a supply is a gold supply, guess what you're going to be doing before you call them? You're going to be crapping your pants because you, you think they're some uber awesome godlike figure in your market when they might not be. There's, like you said, it's just another dude sitting on the end of the phone. They're not special because their business is successful. The guy you're calling didn't make that business successful. You're just going to be calling some mid-level tool bag who wants to put another tick in their box for their next performance review, usually. So I just don't like it. I don't like it. And I think if you've learned how to have that conversation properly, in the first, like if you're new, yeah, the conversations are daunting. They're challenging. You'll be nervous. You'll be anxious. I was. I still get nervous when I'm going to make these calls a little bit, right? But if you've learned how to do it properly, you're not going to have a problem. It's a simple conversation. Doesn't mean it feels easy, of course, but it's really simple. You actually, it's really hard to fuck it up. Honestly, not to mention with most supplies, you're not going to do it on the first phone call. Anyway, you're going to be calling back. You're going to be talking to them more than once. I'd say, once again, looking at the numbers, my team does it's, it's three calls on average to get a supplier on board. Uh, your team must suck. It's a, I'm a, I'm the one call closer. That's what they call me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> who knows, Ben? <laughs> No, I, I agree. Actually, there's so there's a bunch of steps here that we we outline that are in between here, but we should just go right into that because I think there's a lot of tips we can give, right? So, look, I'm putting these in bronze, silver, and gold for my reasons. The ones John outlined, I actually agree with. Like, I, I've seen some people get down on themselves that they're like, I only have these few bronze suppliers, and they're ready to quit because they think they have bad brands for some. Like, look, all these brands exist uh, for a reason, and they likely didn't go out and raise a bunch of money. Like, they actually have a product that must work because they're making revenue, and and there's just as many Samsungs get that get sold as there is Emersons and Hisense and uh, and and Vizios. There might even be more of the lower priced items because they they come to a better audience. But um, I I want to give some tips on like actually calling these suppliers because I know I struggled in the beginning. I actually struggled to make the calls. Uh, it took me about a month just to hype myself up to do it. And it wasn't even like I, I sat every day staring at my phone. I, I found other ways to sabotage myself. Like my website wasn't quite perfect enough or, um, you know, I didn't have the right email set up or I didn't have an 800 number. Or like I could think of any reason in the world that really wasn't a reason I was just finding a way not to call them. And so whether you're in that position, whether you're a longtime uh, dropshipper and you're, you know, still not getting some of the big brands on board or whether you're starting a new store, I think, you know, there's certainly going to be some tips that, that you have or I have that maybe people haven't heard before. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you're you don't even, it's... you have your team do all of these, John. Do you, do you like, do you call them at all? Oh, I do the odd one. Um, I, I have people do it for me because I just don't have, often don't have time or I don't want to allocate my time to doing that. Um, look, it's not an easy thing to outsource. I'll be upfront with that. I've had some issues with it uh you definitely have to find the right person or people i have found the, some of the right people um but i wouldn't say that wasn't without also um paying some people who are not up to scratch to do it you know um but yeah uh, i mean we also do uh, uh, like uh, you know i mean i do this stuff for other people as well so 
I just buy in and of myself. I have too many, too, too high a volume of calls to make anyway that I couldn't do it myself. You know. So this might be my case. own like BS. There's there's a part of me that wants to fight against that. Like like I'm yeah. actually kind of shocked it works. And then the other side of it of like if they came at it as you know, I'm the I'm the buyer for X company. Yeah. That may actually make you look better, right? That it seems as yeah. though you're a more experienced company or look, have more people on your team. I, I, I only started doing this in last year, in twenty twenty, right? So I was actually against doing this for a long time. Um I just started doing it because I put myself in a position where I had to do it. Because <laughs> uh, I, I had to do, I just had a lot of supply calls to make. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I didn't, it wasn't possible for me to do that. Um, now, if I was doing it on my first business, I would suggest that you still want to do it yourself, right? Because even if you, like, even if you're going to pay someone to do it, you have to be able to walk them through how to do it. There is nothing, there's not, you're not really going to find anybody that has direct experience doing exactly these calls. Yes, you can go and hire like some phone closers or, you know, like a say, somebody who's got experience in outbound calling and sales calls, which is in some ways similar, but you're not going to get anybody who's made calls for a high ticket dropshipping business before and they have that direct experience. So you are going to have to train them, right? And, and walk them through the call, the objections, the things that suppliers may or may not say. And so it's hard to do that if you haven't actually made the calls yourself before, right? So I do suggest that people need to uh, make them themselves at some point before they can outsource it. But if you're somebody who's got already got stores, you've already done it, you've been through the process and you're like opening a second store or a third store or something like that, then sure, you could, you know, you, you, could, you could find somebody and hire them to do it for you if you want. And that's what I get to do. They call as an employee of the business. So they'll say, they'll use their name still. And I set them up with their own email at the business URL and all of that. They'll call themselves like a VP of sales or something like that, right? They'll give themselves like a title within a company. They still say on the business owner, like the business owner's name and everything, the company, that all goes on any, any, any forms, they application forms they submit or anything like that. They call as, as an employee of the company. Um, and yeah, I guess the advantage of that does may be that it, it sounds like a more built out company. Um, and in my case, you know, technically they kind of are employees of the company because they're a contractor. They're being paid by the company. So uh, there's no lie there. There's nothing fake about it. Um, uh, you know, and obviously they don't discuss their employment relationship to the company anyway. They just say, I'm calling from here which they are. So it's all, you know, it's all fine. It's all good on that, on that perspective. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things as well. It's kind of like outsourcing customer service. You know, everybody in the beginning feels difficult about that because they think, well, nobody's going to be able to do it as well as I can. But the reality is, is that, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've got a guy, the guy, my main guy that does this, he's sort of like my, my team leader guy. He's got 40 years of outbound calling experience. He's like 50 something. He's been doing it like his whole life, calling people on a phone, selling stuff, doing all that. He can do it way better than me. I'm, I'm very open about that. He shits all over me. He's smooth. He's practiced. He just goes bang, bang, bang. He knows how to deal with objections. You know, he walks people through. Like he's, he's fantastic. He's better than me. So the success rate using him is higher than if I was doing it myself. Um, and I'm cool with that. But, uh, you know, when you're doing it, I don't know. So, yeah, I, I was against that for years. But 
now that I've done it, there's no problem with doing it. Like it, you get just as good a success rate doing that. Well, I'm genuinely shocked. I've never tried it. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that there's another human being that can do what I do. Uh, but in the beginning, you're right. Like you fight those urges that nobody's going to be able to keep up. But uh, uh, I'm good, right? Like I'm really good. And so uh, there's a bit of an ego with that too, right? Like uh, I, I don't, I don't know if I've been turned down more times than I can count on like one hand ever, right? And so. Um, uh, there is a bit of an ego there for me, for sure. As far as like, I'm going to call these, I'm going to get them every single time. And there's just certain objections that come up that having a track record allows you to get around. So I'm fortunate enough to have been part of quite a few businesses. And so as they're, you know, one of the, one of the number one objections they're trying to fight is make sure that you're not Joe bag of donuts. Who's just going to go flip these on, on eBay or Amazon. Uh, they want to know that you're a real business owner and, and having the experience I have, uh, I'm able to show them some of the other businesses we've done, right? Um, what are what are some other objections that you come across that are easily, maybe not easily, but uh, able to be overcome so that you can get around? Because there's there's tons of gatekeepers, and even with COVID, right? We we don't have any stock, we don't drop ship, we don't. You know what I mean? There's a there's a lot of like uh, little firewalls in place or or little hurdles that you just need to jump over or skirt around in order to get past all of the the gatekeeper stuff and actually you know be able to talk to them on a real level uh yeah look i mean there's certainly the one of the issues you get uh and certainly one of the things that's happened through covid where where people are not necessarily working in their normal work locations and things like that is it it it, it has sometimes taken a bit longer to get in touch with the right person Maybe they're not working out of the office. Maybe they're, that means they're not actually working when they're supposed to be working, like all sorts of things, right? So sometimes that's tough and the gatekeepers can be a bit, a bit harder to get through at, at this point in time. Um, but yeah, aside from that, the most common, certainly on mine, the most common thing we're hearing is um, we're sort of not on board. Like we get very few flat no's, right? No, we just won't do that. We don't get a lot of that what we on really is yeah uh, we're, we're struggling t- to keep up with stock we don't want to add another person who's selling our products um and, and but 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 otherwise it would be a yes you know like yeah yeah you're cool but we just don't want to put more strain on ourselves and that sort of thing so i guess in that with that scenario um we'll just keep pushing on with them and say look yeah that's cool i can understand that's tough um we don't need to sell anything straight away we got to get you set up on our website you know we got to learn about your product so if if we can just go through and process the approval now and we can get access to your products and your data we'll just get it all set up properly on our website so it looks really sweet and you know when you got enough stock we'll start selling your products that's that's literally how we do it and then they told you don't have enough stock about two weeks later and you just start selling their products anyway yeah. When they're in stock, I mean, you're not going to sell them anyway when they're out of stock, usually, um, depending on the lead time. So it's better just to get them to say yes and say, look, let's let's just get it all set up. Make it not, they're worried because it feels immediate for them right now. You're on the phone, they're thinking you want to start selling their stuff tomorrow when you're not really anyway. I mean, you've got to get their images, you've got to get all of their data on your site, you've got to set it up so it looks right. And that's usually going to take you depending on how many other supplies you're onboarding at the same time, it might take you weeks to get that far, right? So that you just got to take the pressure off them. You know, often, often people on those calls, they feel pressure to say yes now because 
they think you want something right now. So whenever you're meeting a bit of resistance with somebody on the call, the key is to reduce, make it feel like there's less pressure on them, right? Whatever their pressure point is, reduce the pressure on that. And you'll, you'll get to yes a lot easier, right? People, suppliers, or like often they just tense up when they feel like they're being pressured to do something. So you just got to release that, make it feel like less of a challenge and usually you'll get to the yes. Yeah, I think there's quite a few objections um, and all of them come back to one point for me. So I've been, this is super recent for me. I've been making the calls with my uh, new employee uh, and he's been sitting in on every single one of these and you know, I'll ask him, hey, what would you do in this situation? And he'll give his answer. And then I'm like, here's what I think, right? So uh, just a few of the objections, we can talk about how we avoid them. Uh, we need a minimum order of, of $10,000 for you to start, right? Uh, yeah. uh, we yeah. need, you know, we don't have any stock or um, we have some stock, but you won't be able to ship anytime soon. Like um, recently I had a brand tell me they're prior prioritizing their big dealers and giving them stock and I won't be able to sell it till next year. And uh, we mm -hmm. don't drop mm -hmm. ship and like there's a million of these and we can go through them all. But the number one thing I kept coming back to with him was like, all I'm trying to do is get the initial yes. Like if I can yeah. just get paperwork signed with them, I don't need to place a $10,000 order today. In fact, I'm never going to, they don't know that, but I don't need to fight it right now. And they might even send over like, you know, we have 12% margins. No, you don't. I know you have better margins than that. This is just another way for you to push me away. And, and rather than like start, you know, as they've emailed me something over or on the call, I'm not going to argue about those right now. I'm not going to fight on margins. I'm not going to fight on shipping. I'm yep. not going to fight on an yep. initial order. I simply want to get past the gate. I want to get some paperwork signed. I don't, I don't even need to put a product on my website right now. I just want to have an agreement in place with you so that then we can start the no, uh, excuse me, the negotiations. And so, um, yeah, there's, there's a ton yeah. of these that come up and, uh, I would encourage everyone to just don't argue any of this stuff. Don't get discouraged about any of it. Cause it's all, it's all a front in the beginning and, and you just have to get past that. Yeah, totally. 100%. You want to get that, that initial yes, just to the, just to getting the paperwork sort of, because it's, it's kind of like a, I mean, it, it's not quite, it works on the, on the psychology of like the micro commitment, right? It's not, it's not really, it's not necessarily a micro commitment, but once you get somebody to give you something, right? It's like a, like some, some positive action, it then becomes a lot easier for them to do other things for you down the track, right? So if you look at it like from a sales perspective, right? Getting somebody to buy something cheap off you in the beginning makes it more likely they'll buy something really expensive off you in the future, they'll make a bigger commitment to you. Like it, it gets easier to do that. And with, with suppliers, you, you have to look at it like you're building a relationship, right? Like, yeah, a lot of people come into these calls and they think they've got to have all the world in, agreed to in one call, right? And, and you're right. I, I, I think that's one that's not realistic to expect that. Um, if, sometimes it happens, but it doesn't happen. It won't happen every time. And so it's, it's unrealistic to one, put yourself under that pressure to feel like you have to come away with from every call with the perfect outcome for you. Um, but it's also unrealistic, unrealistic to put that pressure on somebody who's responsible for a multi-million dollar brand that they're going to give you the keys to the kingdom when you haven't done anything yet. yet like I'm pretty good. At, I'm pretty good at terrible analogies. So let's try the very first one of the show. Um, that girl you're, you're looking at across the room, she dates other guys, you know, she dates other guys and you want to be one of the guys she dates. You're not going to run up and be like, okay, let's get married today. 
Uh, you're going to, you know, hopefully try to have a cup of coffee with her or whatever people do during the pandy now. I don't know in America here. Maybe they have a Zoom call or something. I'm not sure. Uh, but you're not going to jump right into the end of it, right, and start negotiating, you know, who's taking the kids and um, can you play golf on Mondays and uh, see your boys on Fridays and play pokers on every other Saturday. You're not going to do all that stuff. You're, you're just worried about getting that very first yes. Uh, yeah. and that's how I would relate that to this is like, just, just get paperwork. Right. So here's a, here's a clear cut example. I called the supplier and they said, yeah, I'm sorry. We don't actually drop ship. So, and I didn't even mention drop shipping they just said, we don't drop ship, you know, <laughs> trying to push me away. And I was like, that's great. Yeah. Cause I have a warehouse here that's uh, empty and just begging for your products. I don't have a warehouse. I could go get one if I need to. Um, but all I cared was that I got paperwork sent over and I was like, you know what? Our warehouse is empty. Uh, we can take care of this. Why don't you just send some paperwork over to this, to this email address? Um, we'll get started there and we can worry about all the other stuff later on. And she was immediately, you know, her guard went down and she was like, yeah, that's great. I'll send it over later today. Um, and we moved forward from there. And so, um, whatever their objection is, there's, there's definitely a way around all of them. And, and you just want to get that paperwork in hand. All right, so I'm just going to play devil's advocate here, like because I know people. Uh, hearing you say that, pe- people's next question is going to be, okay, so you got the paperwork, you you filled it out, you've sent it in. Yep. How do you take that from where you are now into dropshipping? Yeah, so a line that has come up on almost every single call, they'll say we don't dropship anymore. We used to dropship and we don't anymore. Or it, it, it kind of ties right into that, um, you know, we need a $2,500 order right out of the gates, yeah. right? And they'll yeah. say, you have a warehouse, right? And I'll be like, yeah, I've got a 3PL. Not for this brand, but I have it for my pet's brand. I just say, yeah, I have a 3PL, and we also have a little bit of warehouse space. Uh, and immediately they'll be like, great, because we want you to order a bunch of this or we don't drop ship. And either one of those... I immediately say, look, we're a new company. I, I, I like to be honest about this. There's other courses out there that tell you to lie and act like you're a, an already running yep. company and you have the competitor brands. I don't do that. No. I say, look, this is a new venture for me and my team. And if I were to spend two, five, 10K on every single brand we brought in right now and pull all of these in our warehouse, number one, that wouldn't be very good for our cash flow. And number two, I don't know what is going to sell of your products. So what I'd like to do is start off drop shipping. And once we understand, hey, we we, we sell more of this unit than the, that unit and, and unit C is really killer for us, then I can come to you and buy pallets of that stuff so that we can get better margins and we can push through product faster. But I have to start drop shipping out of the gates just so we can keep our cash flow intact and we can move a lot faster as we're bringing on, you know, tens or twenties of brands at a time. Um, and I've, I've never gotten pushback on that. I will say I went after a really, really big brand on this new site I'm on and they're big. Um, and they're, they're holding their line of a $2,500 minimum order. They'll hold, they'll hold my money. They'll hold the product for me. Um, but this is the first brand I've ever encountered that there was, there wasn't an easy like get around for that. Yep. Yep. Are you, sure. are, you Look, are you experiencing the same thing as far as like uh, insisting they don't drop ship or that they need you to take stock or that they need an order from you? Yeah. I mean, if I think about it, we've had a few and like out of, out of hundreds, I'd say, yeah, like le- less than 10% easily that, that have said that minimum sort of order quantity or minimum financial commitment, whatever way they take that. Um, and yeah, I mean, sometimes that comes up and you can't get past it, uh, you know. So, you know, once again, I, I still go 
through like get get the paperwork and get that signed and in because i mean once again you don't have to necessarily you know make that you don't need to start selling for, for, for them immediately i mean some people you know that you might be like oh well i've only got one of those supplies so i'll just pay them the 2500 dollars or whatever because i've got that amount of cash right i can afford to do that if you can then i don't think there's anything wrong with it just say yeah look i want 2500 dollars of your best seller go out and flog it to get your foot in the door you know if if they're not map just sell it at a discount so you can get sell them quickly and then you can get on with ordering for them normally um you know or just you know put put it get 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 approved with them and put put them on the back burner until you want to make that minimum order with them once you've started selling other things right because you don't need to sell them immediately but still get that approval in or you know maybe get that approval in start selling other stuff and then call them and say you know just keep in touch with them and say, look, we're starting to sell other people's brands, man. Like, and they're cool with drop shipping. You, you know, we want to, we want to be selling yours, but we're just not, you know, you're missing out. We're selling your competitors stuff. You know, let's just get a few across the line and then we'll talk about order quantities later. So, you know, the answer to that might depend sort of on, on where you're at, you know, financially and, and what commitments you're happy to make. Um, but once again, just don't feel the pressure that you've got to, You've got to do that stuff immediately just to get them approved. Most of them will still approve you and then place order at some point, you know? Yeah. You, so, kind, of, you kind of cut out there. I don't know if you cut out on the recording, but I agree with what John just said there of like you, it, the minimum order that they're talking about or, or the, they don't drop ship is not contingent on you actually being approved. And so get the approval because once you're approved, you have, I don't want to call it leverage, but you have the ability to actually sit there and negotiate once all that stuff's done. If, the, if that barrier of we still need to get this paperwork done and filed away and, and, and Sandy needs to set you up in our system, if that's still in the way, of course, they're not going to even like discuss with you all of the other things. And so, um, yeah, just get approved. And then there's, a, I, I feel like there's ways around it, right? That, like these brands yeah. do, they, they do drop ship. I've rarely found one that does not. Uh, like very, very rarely. And then, like I said, the minimum order quantity, I've only ha ever had one brand hold me to it. Um, and another brand that like tried to hold me true way back in the beginning, I sold pellet grills and one of the brands, uh, they were like, you have to have a $2,000 minimum order quantity. Right. And so I only uploaded their products that were over $2,000 and I just waited. Yeah. I waited till I sold one. And when I sold one yep. qualified, I had them ship the one product and we were good to go from there. And so, yeah. um, it's never a no, right. Uh, Everything is going to eventually be a yes. Uh, you just have to get that little first one. Get on board and and find a way. Go sell other products, like John said. Uh, bank up some capital and and then go buy their products or sell enough of the other products that they come back to you. Um, and and for sure, contact them every two weeks, every month. Just reach out and let them know where you're at. The sales are building of the other brands, and you can't wait to work together in the future. You know, you're still working on getting that mm. capital together to place a big order, and just eventually, you know, build a relationship with that person on the other end of the phone, and they'll probably, you know, bend the rules a little bit for you. Yeah, yeah, that, and that's the key. Remember, it's a relationship. This is not a sprint. You know, it's a marathon, right? So you've got time. You know, shit doesn't have to happen tomorrow. Everybody puts themselves under pressure, like, oh, I've got to be a millionaire tomorrow. My business has got to be uber successful tomorrow. Everything's got to work tomorrow or today, right? It's just not the case. Like sometimes some things will just take a little bit longer, a bit more backwards and forwards, and that's completely normal. That's actually normal for things to take time. That's the expectation you should be under, 
You know, that's the mindset you got to have, right? You're building something here, you know? And uh, yeah, so yeah, totally. I mean, I yeah, we, we I can remember we put on a supply that was like that. They were like, every order you place has to be like $2,000 or higher. Like not even the first one, like every single one. And they had a whole bunch of $1,000, $500 products, which actually could are commonly used together. So what do we do? We only put bundles of those products on the site. You don't sell any of them. You can't buy them individually from that website. We just put bundles on, um, which actually is the point, right? They work better together. So, you know, we just made like $3,000 bundles of these products, which is better for your business, right? And it gets you across the line with that supplier. And at some point that business will transition their way. They'll become a good seller for that company. And they'll say, all right, so can we now start actually dropshipping these things separately if we want to? And guaranteed they'll say yes at that point. Right. Um, yeah, Marie Forleo yeah, says I think that the, everything is figure outable. Like, yeah. and it's true, right? There's always a way oh, around this. Like, I don't know yeah. about you, but I'm bombarded. In fact, I have one sitting right here. I'm bombarded with these credit card offers in America of zero percent uh, until January first, 2022. That's that's nine months, right? And so, am I willing to put the $2,500 minimum order on here and make minimum payments for the next nine months at 0% interest. Um, yeah, hundred percent, right? Like that's figure outable. I can, I can float this for nine months and play the long game and know that I'll get there eventually. Uh, or I can negotiate with them um, or stay in contact with them. If I got a no, like the, none of these are no's. I promise you there's not a single hard no out there. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it all comes back to the fact that Every, everybody deep down wants to achieve something, right? Like, you know, it goes back to what I said earlier. You and your supplier, the supplier you're calling, you have like a mutual end goal here. Honestly, it's that both of you want to build a business, make money, and, you know, you want each other to be successful because that's good for both of you. So it's really just a case of being prepared to iron out the crinkles in that in making that happen, but you've got to keep it in mind at the end of the point, you and your suppliers want the same things, right? And it's very hard for two people who actually truly want the same thing to disagree. So, um, but you gotta, you you have to go in knowing it's a human whose phone rings every day, all day. Oh yeah. From Joe Bag of Donuts calling to try to flip their stuff, right? Like, uh, yep. you know, God bless Gary Vee. I'm the I'm as big a fan as anybody out there, <laughs> but he has convinced the younger generation to hustle, and and they do it right. They're not afraid to call them up and try, and if they get a no, they're going to call ten other ones that day, right? And so you you have to know Sally or Sandy or Cindy or Bill or whoever's answering the phone. They've they've gotten your phone call every day since they've been there, and they have ten of those emails in their inbox. Uh, yep, and you have to I, di- differentiate yourself. Yeah, well, yeah, you have to differentiate yourself and and you will, you know, if you follow all the other things we're going to talk about. But it, the other the other side of that is is also persistence because what Joe Bagger Donuts is not going to do is call the supplier who told them no the first time, a second time or a third time. Persistence is key here as well, right? And this is like sales 101. If you look at sales statistics, I'm not saying we're selling here, but it's it's a, it's a close enough thing. If you look at sales statistics particularly for high ticket sales, like cold sales, cold selling on the phone, right? A majority of conversions do not happen on the first phone call to a prospect. They actually happen on the third plus phone call. That's where the most money in sales is made. And that's why the best salespeople are the ones who follow up, follow up, follow up until you get the result you want. Even if that takes you eight calls, 
Now, I'm not saying you have to get, you're going to have to go that extreme with high ticket dropshipping because you're not se- actually selling something. Um, there's no financial commitment here as such or anything like that. So the barrier is actually a bit lower, but you have to like, that's, that can be just persistence, perseverance. I mean, in business anyway, that's, <laughs> that's what separates people who are successful from people who, you know, cave at the first hurdle. Uh, but the same goes with supplies. I mean, you know, have the first call. If you don't get across the line, that's okay. Call them again. You know, leave it open. End that call a little bit open and tell them you're going to call them back. You want to have another chat about it. You know, go to come back, have another chat, like follow up, follow up. But, you know, if you, you know, I think that's a big key to it. You just got to, you got to take, take your time with it. Well, I think because, there's, there's some no's you know, you'll get that persist, right? And so I, I, like, sure. I can picture some that I didn't get for a long time. And it, I want to talk about some tips to help you on the first call. But I want to talk long term. If there's a brand out there that you, you've been trying, you've been calling, you've been calling, um, go when they come back, go to like the conferences for your industry and meet that person in person. Um, and I promise you things will change drastically. Um, that was a very pivotal point in one of the businesses I was in where we exploded was going to the show for that year, um, in, in Orlando where a lot of them are or in Vegas. Um, but we went around and just, just shook hands and introduced ourselves and and meeting someone and building a real relationship really changes the game. Yep. Yeah. I definitely had, I've had suppliers like that as well. Like you should never be afraid if it's, if it's possible for you to go and like actually meet your suppliers, right? Even, even ones you haven't got a yes from yet. Like I, I can think of on my first business, um, you know, there were suppliers who were based out of Sydney, which was the city I lived near at the time. They had a retail storefront. I literally just rocked up in their retail storefront and said, oh, hey, is the manager around? Can I speak to the manager? Shook his hand, introduced myself, stood there looking at their products and had a chat. And almost all of those always resulted in a yes. And yeah, conference, trade shows, for sure. That's, that's an easy one. I mean, if you can get in front of a human, uh, it's so much. And look them in the eye. Getting a yes is, it's, it's kind of more confronting for a lot of people, but you, it's, it's hard to get a no. It's so much harder for somebody to tell you no face-to-face than it is on the phone, right? Um, but you're right. Yeah. It takes some big cojones, man. Like, uh, I remember being scared S-less, right? Uh, like knees shaking, feeling like I was calling Sarah, Sarah Peavy back in third grade. I remember calling her, uh, pacing in my laundry room and just so scared to push it. And she said, no, by the way. Uh, and like the same thing <laughs> happened when I called suppliers. Uh, I remember that feeling and believe me in person, it was even more like, I, I was working with someone today, uh, on a consulting call who, man, he's doing extremely he is like right on the precipice of breaking out he's put in a lot of the work and it just time needs to catch up to him um and he really lacked confidence today and, and i i sat there for a minute and realized holy mm. like I, I remember being there i remember like really you know in, in the beginning uh it, it you really got to step out of your shell in order to yeah. to realize yeah. the you can do all of this stuff and so that in the, the in-person stuff takes that to a whole nother level no, it does. And look, I mean, you know, if, if somebody's listening to this this episode and they're very new in the process, I mean, us talking about it's going to probably makes it sound a lot easier than it feels for you. So I don't think anything we're saying here needs to take away from the fact that this is a hugely challenging exercise for most people on the phone, uh, in face-to-face, whatever. I mean, it is, particularly the first time out, 
this is kind of the first time you're really putting yourself out there, right? As like your business, you're, you're going out of, you're not just sitting there doing research and looking at spreadsheets and websites and stuff. You're actually getting out there. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's usually challenging. Um, but, you know, just come back to the, why are you doing this in the first place thing? Right. I mean, that's always what through Ching circumstances. and you're going to have so many challenges as you go through business. Right. So, that are going to make you feel uncomfortable that, that are going to take you out of your comfort zone. Uh, so you, you got to jump this hurdle one way or the other. You just can't be successful if you, if you don't, right. There's, there's no way around it. Um, so I always just think back to like, if I've got a good reason for being here and doing this in the first place, um, that's what pushes me through. Like if I sit here and think, wow, like uh, when I did it the first time, I mean, I was, I was in a, in a, in a life situation that I, I found I hated. Right. I didn't like it. That's why I was trying to start a business to get out of that. So I just sat there and literally thought, if I can't do this, I'm going to be sitting here in 20 years and another 20 years of this shit. How the fuck am I going to feel? I'm going to feel like killing myself. I can't afford not to make these calls. Right. I've got, I've just got to do it. Right. Because the alternative sucks so much more than making a phone call. Right. And that's literally, and I'll still do that today. Like if I've got an uncomfortable business situation, I'll be like, if I can't push myself through this, I'm going to go broke and I'm going to have to go and get a job. And I, I couldn't, I can't face that. Yeah, I think Tony I literally Robbins, cannot face that. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> I think Tony Robbins explains it well in that it, you know, it's pain and pleasure, right? And so, um, hmm. or or which one is more painful? So yeah. Is it more painful? And I'll use my own situation. Was it more painful for me to have to go to work 10 hours a day, four days a week at a job I hated? Or is it more painful to just kiss the girl and make that call um, and, and get the suppliers on board, right? And then you're you're only going to lead to the next hurdle where it's like, oh, shit, now i got to upload these products. Or, oh, shit, now I need to figure out Google ads. Or, oh, shit, um, I had fraud happen on my store. Or whatever it is, right? It's yeah. the, Oh, shit's going to keep happening. And so you have to decide what is more painful. And when and – when, uh, whichever one is less painful is the one you're going to do. So if it, if you think going back to your job for the next 40 years is less painful, you're probably not going to make these calls, but I would encourage you ah. to, to push through it. Um, totally. But yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Um, and I think, you know, as well, like with supply calls, like always think like what's people getting like all or nothing thinking with this, right? They're like, oh my God, if the supplier doesn't approve me, this is never going to work. It's all going to fall apart. Like, like at the end of the day, what's the worst thing that can happen when you make a supply call? They say no. Okay. So what does that mean? You're going to call the next supplier. Like, you know what I mean? Like there, there's actually nothing bad happens when somebody says no. Right. Yeah. You might feel a little bit disappointed. Sure. Whatever. So what? You're not going to feel that disappointed anyway. It's not going to be that bad. You're, you're, you know, so you're going to go into the next supplier. They say no. Well, you're going to go into the next one. What if they all say no? Well, you're back to the drawing board. You're going to come up with a new market idea and you're going to go back and call some more suppliers. You're going to get enough yeses sooner or later to have a viable business. So like there's nothing wrong with people saying no anyway. Yeah, you, you want to have the right conversation. You want to get as many people across the line as possible. But who gives a fuck if someone says no? You're not losing any money here. You've got, you've got absolutely nothing, no skin in the game here at this point, really, other than your pride. And, you know, if you're that protective of your pride, then once again, that's not a good place to be as a business owner because you're going to lose a lot, right, over time. Um, so, like, just uh, that's the other thing I do. I'm just like, well, 
like i mean might be a bit of an australian thing but i'm kind of like a who gives a fuck guy <laughs> like what's the worst thing that can happen you know nothing nothing bad's gonna happen if someone says no yeah, I, I've so I've dealt on some inner work for for the last couple of years, doing some deep dives, and I, you know, I I can re- have some empathy for some people out there who have been told they couldn't do something before, or have have gotten some no's in hard situations before, and and for them they have to relive those moments by getting a no, right? It, still, the only sure. solution is you have to do it. Uh, you have to kiss the girl. You have to push through those emotions you have to go through it you can't go around it and so um yeah look uh, is there any tips yeah i know we we like we jumped on a few of these tips as far hmm. as like talking our way around drop shipping and minimum orders is there any little uh i hate to call them hacks but is there any hacks that you do uh like look i'll give you one off off the gates um i know as what did you call them a, a middle management tool i think is what you called them earlier there is a middle management tool on the other end okay so uh, yep. Think back. Maybe you're still at a job right now, but think back to your job. Um, were you happy every day? No. Yeah. When were you happy? Friday afternoons, right? You you had a you threw in the towel. You were in victory formation. Uh, if you're a football fan, uh, or you know you you win. Look, Friday afternoon, all you can think about is the weekend. Uh, that is my favorite time to call suppliers. I will call them from Friday noon until Friday 4 p.m. And uh, I think you'll be shocked at how much people, uh, they really don't give a shit. They'll call and they, they don't even fight you on Friday afternoons. They're just like, yeah, what's your email? Let's get this knocked out. Who cares anymore? Um, and it seems to work really, really well for me. Whereas Mondays are the absolute worst day for me uh, calling suppliers because people are there. They hate their life. They're back at this job again. There's hmm. you know, 47 emails in their inbox or, or Slack or whatever they're doing. Um, I'd never, ever call on Mondays. Yeah. If you're in Australia, Friday morning, because by midday, everyone's at the pub drinking. <laughs> Don't Is that do a Friday thing afternoon. for real? People just cut out early and go drink? Ah, <laughs> uh, Look, it's not uncommon. <laughs> at a lot of life. <laughs> not, not so much these days because I barely drink anymore. But uh, when I was working a job and one of the only escapes from that was going to the pub with your workmates and drinking. Yeah, sure. Used to do that a lot. <laughs> I love that tip for me. Like that, I, I honestly, I try to only make calls on Fridays because it seems so powerful. Uh, sometimes Thursdays as well, but usually like Fridays, people are just in that mood of like, I just want to be out of here, and so they're happy to just not confront you, not run into another problem that they have to solve before they leave work for the week. They're just like, "Yep, sounds great. What's your email?" And they send it over right away, and. Uh, you know, come back Monday. Oftentimes they'll come back Monday and I'll have my stuff sent back over and I'll get, I will get some emails of like, who are you again? Um, when did we talk? And they don't even honestly remember, but at that point you've already gotten the yes, you've already gotten the paperwork filled out and, uh, it's a no brainer. Do you have any like little tips or tricks or hacks? One little tip I'll give is, uh, sometimes we talked a little bit about gatekeepers. So sometimes on some businesses, you'll call up the phone number that you can find on the website or something like that. And you'll get the receptionist or, you know, some, the person in that business who just answers all of the phone calls and is that sort of first, first line for that business. And they'll be like, ah, you know, when they, you'll probably introduce yourself and say what you're calling for. And they'll be like, eh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you know, and, and maybe they say, oh, you need to speak to this guy, but he's not around right now. And it feels like every time you call, you get the same response from that person. Right? Oh, yeah, they're never there, the person you need to speak to. Uh, in that situation, what I would say is whenever you get that sort of gatekeeper person, at the very least you want to get out of them is who's the decision maker. 
Like, see if you can get that person's name, right? Because once you get that person's name, you can actually research them online and find their direct contact details. So oftentimes you'll find their direct phone number in somewhere like Google if they're like more of a public figure and it's been listed somewhere online before. But you can also use a tool like hunter.io um, or meet Edgar. So there's a little online tools where you can put a company's name into them and that it will give you a list of all of the email addresses and phone numbers for that company, like internal ones and personal emails that exist for that company on their, on their domain. Right. So oftentimes using those, you'll get the contact details for the exact person. If you know their name, you'll see like their name at whatever the business is if you want their email, for example, and often there'll be a phone number attached with that. So you can contact them directly. If you're having a lot of trouble with that, that gatekeeper type person, like if you just can't break through that barrier and get that person's direct, because often they'll tell you their name, but they won't give you their contact details. Right. So that's, that's a little trick. There are tools that can help you to find people's actual contact details, or you can hit up LinkedIn as well. That, that's another good way to, um, you know, find a, find a business professional's, you know, personal direct contact details, should I say. So this happened to me two weeks ago with, uh, uh, one of the brands I've been talking to you about actually, John, um, yeah. called, I always start out with the same exact thing. Hey, my name is Ben. I'm the CEO of blankcompany.com. Um, and I'm wondering who I can speak to about becoming a retailer for your products. That's exactly, that's my first, first line on every single call I make. And they reached out or they immediately were like, yeah, I'm sorry, we're not taking any retailers. And I was like, oh, that's great. Well, we're not looking to get started quite just yet, but we'd like to get started in the future, right? You know, burn their first objection. And she's like, well, you're going to want to talk to, I don't even remember the name, Jim. Uh, and Jim's not here right now. And I was like, okay, great. Um, how can I get a hold of Jim, right? And she was like, well, he's not here right now. You could leave a voicemail. Uh, I, I never leave voicemails ever. I don't like to leave voicemails. I want to talk to somebody. Yep. And she was like, okay, here's his uh, email address. Um, and then she's like, uh, you know, send him an email, right? So I sent an email, didn't get a response, called back a few days later, and she gave me the same exact runaround as if she didn't know who I was. I went all around it again, and then she was like, you know what, Jim's actually here right now after I busted all of her objections, told her that I sent an email. I got Jim. Jim immediately sends me through the same hoop. We're not taking retailers right now. I'm not, you know, and he apparently is the decision maker. Clearly he's like, I'm not taking retailers right now. Uh, I'm not looking for anybody else to sell our stuff. I don't drop ship. He gave me the the full runaround too. And eventually I got through him. Um, and, and I just said, that's great. You know, uh, I'll shoot you another email. Thanks for your time. Uh, and I was planning on calling, calling him back again. I sent an email and I was just like, Hey, thanks so much for your time. And I reiterated my points, let him know I had some experience. Here's some other websites we've built. Um, I think that, you know, this one's going to be an awesome website going to be our best yet. I think is the line I used. Um, and sure enough, he sent me back a dealer application the next day. Uh, and so like, there's just, there's so many hurdles that you have to jump on that. Like they just, I think they just really want to know that you're a real person and, um, interesting how they all go. It's been so long since I've done this, that revisiting this over the last couple of weeks has been interesting to me to hear mm. the new excuses. There's a lot of new COVID excuses. There's a lot of new, uh, you know, we definitely don't drop ship or minimum order. There's been a, a lot of, a lot more pushback than I received, whatever it was three years ago, the last time I actually did this. Yep. Yeah, any other cool, any other tips tricks from you, John? I can see you uh, you're typing emails. You got to hop on another call here. <laughs> um. Uh, look, 
there's probably lots, and I think we'll come back to this um, at, uh, at 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 some point. Uh, no doubt, this is this is going to be a topic that a lot of people have questions about. I think. Um, Why don't we do that? Why don't we kill it and find some questions, and we'll come back and we'll answer all the old ones. If you guys have questions, like just put them in Patreon, respond to this post. Uh, or send us a message, or even better, just go in the Facebook group and start putting them in there. Uh, we'll start compiling them and uh, answer them too, because I think there's some other stuff that we wanted to get through that you should do before you even call suppliers that we didn't get to. Um, so happy to address some of those and, and keep the process moving forward. And I think uh, we told you we would have a live site for you to look at. I think maybe we'll start talking, John and I will start talking about that and figure out how to, how to show you a site. And at least then we can actually talk through real world experiences and maybe record some of these supplier calls and uh, show people what it's actually like uh, in live time. You know, just show them when we're actually building. Yeah, sounds awesome. And as always, guys, if you're listening in and you've got some some friends, some buddies, some you know mastermind co-members or things like that who you think would love the show, send them on over. Give them a recommendation. Uh, send them on, on over to the to the website, or even put them into touch with me and Benny. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's grow our let's grow our group here. Yeah, let's find out who the super fans are too. If you're a if you're a super fan ninja and you're from one of those other communities we've been uh, we've been talking about, go post in one of their uh, in in their little groups or in their forums for us. We would appreciate that very much. Uh, maybe we can make your uh, your fee free from here on out if you are uh, willing to be a ninja for us. But I, we appreciate all of you. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for all all the feedback. Drop your questions in the group and uh, we will get to them next week. Hopefully, awesome. See ya. Bye.